0: And we are live with Five Star Wrestling Revolution Podcast. I am your furious leader and the man who calls it right down the middle with facts and not emotions, Vic Muscat. In the mean streets of Streeter, Illinois, there is a legend. He is indescribable. He is irresistible. He is unforgivable. uh, Unforgettable. <laughs> a, a true patriot. Hey, hey. <laughs> a true a patriot against the webbros or anyone against the great country of ours itself. He's also president of pro wrestling Illinois and host of Will's Perspective, Mr. Willard Price. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, Rick. You not bad at all.
1: Not bad at all. That was probably just exactly how I took you to introduce myself. <laughs> Right off,
0: right off the bat, I just want like to say, ask why are people like re- people who are Republicans a lot cooler to talk with than Democrats, like liberals? Uh, I think basically, as we deal in reality,
1: and the Democrats, I, I don't know where they're at. Uh, they're somewhere. They're so far left that uh, they almost come back right.
0: <laughs> it's just if I. Like, I we've gone, we've talked throughout the elections and stuff like that, and we don't see eye to eye with a hundred percent of things. But if we don't, it's not like what liberals do we'll cut you off, block you, cut you off, you are like dead to them. And I just don't get yeah, that. that. Yeah, that's, uh, you see, that's
1: the, that's the beauty of being friends who have different opinions. We can agree to disagree, we, we, we take opposite sides. Um, I was earlier on, I was taking my uh, local TV show here, Wolf Perspective, and my executive director and I do see on different stuff. But we still, at the end of the day, we're still friends because we're mature enough to realize that everybody has a different opinion. And not everybody's gonna have the same one, but you know, we're still friends. So that's how I feel that uh, you and I are, Vic. Uh, you know, it was uh, very, very uh, odd how we we actually came together. I think over wrestling.
0: Over wrestling, yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. Uh, and I've told so many people, you know, our relationship about you know, this is proof that we don't have to see eye to eye politically, but we there's other things that we can agree on and be friends with. Sure,
2: sure.
0: You know, it's... But being the pro... I just had this thought before I called you tonight. Being the president of pro-wrestling Illinois, have you ever thought about doing like a wrestler, like a Donald Trump character or something, call him like Ronald Trump and have him like beat up (laughs) Biden and stuff like that, you know, do like a battle royal?
1: crossed my mind uh i uh i remember a few years ago uh, a couple of years ago uh one of the wrestlemanias
2: uh trump came out and body slammed uh Vince mcmahon yeah i so
0: remember I that
1: maybe that would be i i in fact i can't understand why uh,
2: a a a c or uh, wwe or anything like that uh not come up with a character like that you know I hey, you know,
1: they call him Donald, Donald Dump.
2: <laughs> something like that. It's
0: like, Yeah. I, think uh, it, I mean, you, there must be, like, legal consequences or something. I don't know. Like, you make yeah, fun of the I mean, president.
1: They're probably, you know, like anything with good fun and everything, there's probably always a law or a rule, you know, that uh, they don't want you to break. Well, I don't believe in breaking the law, I just believe in bending it severely.
0: <laughs> Speaking about Pro Wrestling Illinois, how is that promotion doing?
1: Uh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, we're in the business, actually, of working with other pro wrestling uh, organizations, uh, FACTS. On the t- last uh, couple weeks ago, on the tenth of April, we had the uh, for the first time in about three or four years, we had a live wrestling match out at our local, uh, what we call the Romer Roma Arena, out at uh, one of the local uh, motels with uh, Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme, and hmm. this was their first time back in the streeter in their new identity. Before uh, I was associated with Powerhouse Wrestling. In fact, I, I go back all the way to 1993 when I first uh, became involved with them, and it was underneath a different uh, ownership. So, yeah, we went out there Saturday night, or been two Saturday nights ago. It was on the 10th, and I uh, had a great time, and a good crowd out there for the first time, uh, first time being out of roamers and uh, in fact, they went over so well that uh, uh, we're going to come, in uh, to come back to the future. Powerhouse Wrestling Exchange will come back to the future. So, I nice. deal with that. I'm dealing with some other wrestling promotions. Uh, in fact, I'm dealing with one now uh, out of South Bend, Indiana. And for everybody out there that's not really familiar, that's about, oh, about 200 miles, 240 miles from where I'm at here in the big city of Street So, we're talking about having a, match, uh, a promotion event in
0: uh, June. Nice. That's that's really nice. So everything's oh, yeah. everything's that's coming right. together, opening up for you. And have have you gotten your vaccines yet, or do you not believe in that? What's that? Have you gotten your shots yet, or do you not believe in the vaccines?
1: Uh, I'm not going to take a shot that uh, that uh, uh, has maybe at the best maybe seventy four percent guarantee on it. When even if I had the COVID, which by the way, I don't know if I told you last time we talked, it's been so while it's been a long time, but in December of 2019, I had all the effects of COVID, and I was down and out. I made mean, it knocked me for a, for a loop for 10 days, but you see, they didn't really discover COVID until the latter part of January of 2020, so I must have had something else, even though like I said, I had all the symptoms. And I haven't had anything. I've been tested, and I haven't had anything since. So that's good. Take that for take that for what it's worth. No, I wouldn't take the test. No, who, who, who unless uh, you're what I call the 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 uh, the, the 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 left uh, left wingers. I call them sheep because <laughs> you know, oh, I said on TV I should get the shot. Maybe they should say, well, on TV they said I should jump off the cliff. Uh, they probably do that too, I guess. <laughs> and here, here, here's the one thing that really just gets me all kinds of upset is people by themselves driving around the car with a mask. On. Like, who in the heck is going to infect you you're driving by yourself? So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't call it the pandemic, I call it the democratic panic, mm. and uh, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah so I'm not getting a shot mostly everybody I know uh, is not getting a shot I took a little survey I have almost 5,000 followers on Facebook and about 70% of them have something to do with the wrestling world and they're they're in all 50 states Canada, I have a real good friend up in uh, Ontario I even have uh, relatives in England and uh, nobody's getting a shot and, uh, you know, I, I could see if the big thing is if, if you have a good uh, immunity system, which I do, uh, I take a regimen of six different vitamins and supplements every day. I have for like the last 18 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I don't think I need the shot. matter of fact, why would you trust something that, uh, first of all, is experimental? Uh, it was rushed to uh, operational warp speed. In six months, I check this out. See, I, I don't take anybody's word. I, in fact, my middle name is Thomas, so I guess I'm doubting Thomas. But I check these things out. It takes anywhere from three to five years for a regular medicine to be approved to be tested. This hasn't been tested. Right now, we're testing. Right now, the people getting the shots are the lab rats. So I just talked to my executive producer, like I said today. On uh, Will's perspective, and he just took his second shot yesterday. He came in today, and he looked terrible. He looked like death warped over. He was having circulation problems and everything like that. And I said, "Hey, you know what? How's how's that cure?" And he just kind of smiled at me. We we went on with the show. But, uh, yeah, no, it, this is this is something that, I, you know what, if, 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 you, if you have to have it, you're older, you have a brain problem, I can see that. Okay? But what happens when you're in your 30s, 40s, what happens 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you know, do you get some type of cancer or whatever else? First of all, let, let, me, let me tell your, your listeners that. This is not a va- Any of these four, why? First of all, why do we have four different alleged vi- va- vaccines? First yeah. of all, Google vaccine. This, any of these shots is not a vaccine. It's an experimental drug. To be a vaccine, you must have the COVID in the shot, in a, like a real
0: weakened. Like you do flu. That's how you get flu shots. Yeah, you, get
1: flu shots. you take a weak strain of it, and then you put it into the shot, and then you take it. And then your body builds up your community to that. You say, Aha, okay, this is COVID. I know I can handle it. So if you actually got it, you would take care of it. It's not a vaccine. It's an experimental drug. So, yeah. no, the answer, I think I took the long way around, but to answer the question, I, I don't.
0: No, you're, you're adding detail to your answer, that's all.
1: Well, that's why, you know, the problem is, see, when I was born, the doctor said I was vaccinated with
2: most people
0: that don't know what they photographs people is. it has to do with uh, talking a lot and that's what I do. yeah it's like it's like take it that but wait a second if there's no one when is your mask mandate's over when is it, because in no noise mask mandate still on or is it
1: Oh, my God. We're in the worst state here in the Midwest. We have six states here in the Midwest. Illinois is the only one that has a mask mandate, but they, of course they can't enforce it because it's a mandate. It's not a law. So uh, we still go in frequent restaurants that, yeah, you wear your mask in, but then you take it off and you dine, and then when you leave, you put it back on again. Okay. But that's But everywhere else around us, Evidently, they narrowed COVID down to the Midwest and Illinois. Uh, evidently, uh, the uh, Wisconsin border to our north, the uh, Indiana border to our east, Iowa to our west, and that there. Evidently, the Mississippi River must protect us from, uh, you know, Iowa and other places, because Illinois is the only one. And by the way, Illinois is the only Democratic state that's doing it here in the Midwest. So let that be your
0: guide. I heard heard a rumor that people are demanding to defund the police in Chicago. Is that true? What's that now? I heard a little rumor that there's a demand of people who wants to defund the police in Chicago. Is that true? Oh,
1: yeah. It's like in any major uh, democratic city. Here you have Uh, This is the irony. This is the Catch-22. Chicago has one of the strictest, if not the strictest, gun laws in the United States, yet uh, normally leads the country in murders uh, per capita. And uh, so now they're, uh, you know, they're uh, wanting to defund the police. My, I put this question. I answer or ask the question on Facebook is when you defund these police and do away with them. What then? What is your solution? So we're just going to have anarchy? Yeah. See, the people that are putting this, uh, this defund the police, this, that, the other, these are even you know, politicians or the rich people who can afford private security firms. You know, you and I out here in the hinterland, uh, we can't afford to uh, uh, pay for a bodyguard. Or like I, t- I will tell you one thing. I got out of the service in 1983. I know, I'm older than dirt. That was the last time I actually touched a weapon. I'm seriously in the process of buying a gun. You know, because uh, I want to protect my family. I want to protect yeah. my friends. Uh, Chicago is, is a joke. For the last 90 years, they've been run by Democrats, and it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, The crime rate in Chicago is so... It's- high as is, why would you want to defund the police and let all anarchy break out?
1: Uh, why would you last summer allow peaceful protests that looted and burned down whole sections of Chicago, uh, especially in the business district? Why would you do that? You know, I've I seen a guy on CNN. I don't watch it very often. It he was, he was so stupid. It was on Facebook. That he was reporting from it was either Chicago or Minneapolis or something like that, and you could see the carnage, the destruction, the fire in the background. He says, "Oh, the peaceful protest." No, no, that's not a peaceful protest. That's a riot. and it should be. The thing is, the problem is we're so afraid to make a stand because we want to try, we want to try to appease the left, appease. Uh, and here's the biggest joke of all: Black Lives Matter. It, it only matters to themselves because they don't really give a fruit rat against the, for the blacks, or else they'd be in the in the projects. They'd be up at the the west side of Chicago, the south side of Chicago, doing some. Actually, in you know, a lot of your history of sitting like I have, the, the Chicago was better off when Al Capone ran it in the 1930s. The mobsters, yeah, had mobster. He was the one that put out the soup kitchens during the Depression. So, and, and murder, all there was murder up there then was rival gangs. Either his or Bugs Moran. And, of course, the most famous one is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929. But that's where the other gang members. So, yeah, it's uh, Chicago... Uh, uh, I never thought, in my almost seventy-one years, I'll be seventy-one next month. If I can wish me early happy birthday, that I would ever see this country the way it is it's, I just, I can't believe it. No, this
0: country is. And I, it's just, the thing is though. You you ask, you know, liberals, they'll say it was, it was all Trump. You ask um, conservatives, they'll say it's all Biden. Biden screwing everything up. It's hard to, because I see things both sides. That's what sucks about this, for me. Yeah, I, okay. I, I see both sides. That thing, But I will say, though, Biden is disappointing me. I thought everything would be, I mean, he pretty much wrote checks out, made direct deposits, <sighs> everyone says he's great now, and that's all he's really done. Isn't it?
1: He's even worse than that. He has broken the federal law when it comes to separation of, uh, of uh, the different uh, divisions of the, of the uh, government. Uh, he is, uh, by executive order, he is legislating, and he does not have that right. Only the legislature, only Congress can create laws. He's, he's doing that. He's, he's, he, he's, he was not prepared to take over. And I don't think they, the, the Democrats really did care the takeover. We are being invaded in the southern border. I mean, that's just, that's just you know ridiculous. He doesn't want to deal with it. He assigns his vice president, or as I say, the president of vice, and she doesn't want to go near it either because they figure the longer they can ignore it, you know, these people are coming in. I, I am not cold and cruel and heartless. I can appreciate it. If it, it, it was just the innocent, hardworking people down there that just wanted to better their life, I would go down to the border myself and, and welcome them with open arms. Unfortunately, a bunch of these people are uh, drug traffickers, drug cartels, white slavers, and God knows what, worse. So the one thing that I didn't agree even with Trump and that is that we need to revamp our immigration policy. In fact, right now we have, I don't know, we have a policy at all. Uh, I, if I were the president, and I'll give you my opinion. I would create an area inside the United States, 50 miles inside the United States, by 100 miles wide. I would let everybody come in after they are screened. I don't want no machetes, no weapons, yeah, no he's this, the like that. Other. Yeah, and I would have facilities there where they could live, where they could uh, have food, potentially be taken care of. that would be separated from mom and dad if they were with mom and dad. That's the main problem. Is a lot of these kids are just sent there by that what they call the coyotes, which are the uh, you know lowest of the low uh, people that charge everything these people have to get there. Then they rape the women, and then they beat up the men, and they yep. God knows what they do with the children. No, if it were, we we need to have somewhere where we can let them in, but still know where they're at. But they're still, I would call them a freedom zone. And then when they're vetted, or they, especially if they have some relative hopefully who is a citizen of the United States and can vouch for them, I have no problem going through a process where they get to live with these people, get a job and everything like that. Here's the thing. Allegedly, according to the government, we have 11 billion illegal aliens living in the United States today. Okay, my experience studying the federal government for the last, well, long, long time, since I was in college. So that was 50 years ago. The government never tells the truth. It doesn't want to tell the truth. If they say there's a lot playing out, I will bet you there's close to 30 million, maybe more. All right, here's what you do. You and this is a term they don't want to hear. Either side, I would grant them amnesty if they can prove they have been living a law-abiding job uh, or life, have a job, if they have like. Uh, youngsters like young men or women are like 18 to 25 or something like that you volunteer to listen to our service for say three years and what you do and you do really well and you you get out and you're fine and everything like that then your whole family is granted citizenship because there's no way we're going to get fined or remove 11 to 20 or 30 million people and you know what? The problem is that 99% of them people are hardworking, honest as the yeah. day is long. Like I said, they, 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 they emphasize the criminals, which come in, but I have a you 90, 90, 95% of everybody that's come across the border illegally is, is not a criminal. But we only hear about the ones that are, and they cause all the problems. So that would be my President Price. <laughs> I have <laughs> trouble. I can't elected to a city council here in Streeter, but yeah, President Price <laughs> had that. That's what what I would want. The, that new type of uh, immigration system. I think it's fair. I think we solve the problems and everything like that. But then again. I don't think I'd really get support on either side because there's no money in it and there's not graft. And that's where we have the problem with immigration today. There's graft, there's kickbacks. You can't tell me that along the border, everybody comes in with drugs and everything like that and uh, they're not stopped. Uh, I'm sure there's, and I'm sure there's a lot of law-abiding sheriffs down there. I'm sure there are, but I'm sure there's some other ones for, uh, you know, let's put it this way. The one thing that really, and I'll just finish up here because I think I'm dominating your show. No, don't
0: worry about it, go
2: by go. The, go way,
1: the one thing that I found out about three years ago, it was called the history of cocaine and how it got that way, it's on the history chain. An ounce of cocaine, which is grown down in either Columbia or somewhere like that, by time it gets to the United States, it goes up 20,000 times in price, cost. Now, there's, there's the problem. We have created, with having drug laws here, we have created a black market. Now, if anybody, and of course you're not going to find these in the government, because the basic economics... I legalize all the drugs, and of course, people. Oh my God! There'll be raging dread. There'll be drug queens and killers and rapists and everything. No, no. The people are getting it today, and they're paying through the nose for it. You know what? Why don't we do away with cigarettes? Cigarettes kills more people every year than drugs do. Yeah. Why don't we banish that? You know why? Because the tobacco industry has a big lobby. That means blackmailer in Washington, D.C. Why don't we do away with all the booze? Look at how many people die of some either as a drunk themselves or kill innocent families by a drunken driver. They kill more people than drugs do. But yet we learned years ago, back in the 1920s, it was called the Volstead Act. It was called Prohibition. It didn't work. The thing is, people wanted booze. People would find booze. If it hadn't been for prohibition, the government's way of trying to do temperance. Once again, anything the government tries to do usually fails because they just don't have any experience with any creativity. But that's what caused prohibition. I'm a history major, so I love to talk about history. The, the yeah, My fiances is in the background chuckling. Uh, yeah, I talk a lot. But uh, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the prohibition led to the rise of the Mafia, the Costa Nostra. Now they had a product. See, before that, you had the criminal mobs in New York, Chicago, Detroit, on the West Coast. But now you had a common thing. You just didn't do racketeering. You just didn't do prostitution. Now you, you get this booze. People will pay anything for booze. Same way, same example for with the drugs. I say abolish the drug penalties. You need to have programs where people who are just naturally because of their, their body uh, systems and everything like that are going to be addicted. All right. Instead of sending them 80%, I think the last uh, numbers I saw, 80%, and that's the reason why we have overcrowded prisons and everything like that are not hardened criminals. They're not uh, your mass murderers or rapists or anything like that. They're people that have been caught and sent up for drug violation. Hey, the money it takes to house them, let's create some, you know, let's put that into drug rehab programs. But they don't want that. Once again, that would benefit mankind, and Congress people don't want that. That's the reason why they're there so long.
0: Well, people are fake these days. I mean, just like everyone's hero, LeBron James.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look at that. This man is a great, great leader and everything like that because he was born six foot nine, weighs two hundred and thirty pounds, and can dunk a basketball. No, he's not. But people listen to that.
0: Yeah, it's, you it's... know,
1: he he, blame, he blames us whiteies. And yet I don't have five mansions. I don't have like 20 sports cars. I certainly don't make $43 million a year playing a, a kid's game. So, you know, they listen to that, And then worse yet, they listen to Hollywood. Hollywood people out there, uh, they live in an imaginary world because that's what they do for a living. And plus they have to have scripts to tell them what to say. So we should be listening. The, the other night, you want to think that Biden's speech was a joke? The Academy Awards, the Oscars, oh, have the lowest rating in their entire history.
0: I heard about that.
1: Yeah, because all they were going to do was slam and say it was the police. You know what? I saw that incident. most everybody, if, if, if you haven't seen it, you're, not, you're somewhere in the uh tropics of south uh, south uh, what do you call it south pacific or somewhere far off the jungles or something. And yeah, the, the police officer should not have put his foot on that, that guy's neck. I mean that was just uncalled for. Yeah. But you know what? If it hadn't been for that it would have been something else. They were looking. That was the that was the spark. That's what they needed. To have the summer of this burning down, you know, this peaceful this, that and the other. I was in the National after the Army. I was in the National Guard. Both times, I was trained on riot control. They had no riot control. They're, first of all, they they uh, Trump made the big mistake of saying, "Well, uh, let's let the governors do this." No, this was a national. This was this not peaceful protest. This was a na- national uh, breaking the law. They were inciting riots and looting and and and, uh, and killing people. Everything like that. That's that's not a peaceful protest. So i going back to my National Guard days. I was trained or something. I tell you what, give me a good uh, 200, uh, 200, 215 company of the guardsmen. i will put any rioting. That's what we're trained for. You know, we don't we don't let them walk on by. You know, and nobody says oh, to us, "Don't don't stop them." Bullshit. You know that that's the problem. Our whole last summer could have been stopped by one or two people being, I hate to use the term, but there are leaders that are out there inciting these riots. You can yeah. they, We were trained, we were sent a special school to pick out the ringleaders, the ones that are the rebel rousers. Those people are taken out. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. Three or four of them, badasses anyway. Then everybody leaves because now they don't have leadership. Now they don't have people egging them on. I always said that by the time somebody lights that molotov cocktail, and there's only one thing you can use a molotov cocktail for. and that's, yeah. that's to create a fire, arson. Before that would have landed in the store. That was dead. You know, you got to do that. This is yeah. you can't play by Marcus and queensberry rules. Oh, you can't do that. You must let him do this. No, ah, no. uh-huh. that's not the way it goes. You know, if those people and I'm the first one, if they were walking, carrying their signs, chanting on the sidewalk peacefully, I would protect them from everybody else as a guardsman. They have that right.
0: Yeah, but you do not have a right to destroy somebody's livelihood
1: or threaten them or or do bodily harm to them. Look about, you know, years ago or even recently where they dragged people out of their cars and beat them up because they were walking across the street. You know what I do? I run them over. If you're that damn dumb, you think that you can take on a two-ton car going 40 or 50 miles an hour, good luck. As a matter of fact, what's his name? One of the people I think is one of the best governors in the United States, and that's Ron DeSantis from Florida. They passed the a law down there. If your your life is a, in danger, they're going to drag you out of that car because they're going to bust your windows. Yeah, uh, drag you out and kill you, or bait, hurt you. You're in a hole. I tell you, it wouldn't take too many people flopping off the uh, dash that they wouldn't do that no more. See, the, the problem is these people are on They're paid to be there. First of all, they're paid to be there. And as you noticed, so there was no social distancing and there were very few masks. Same way with the border. They're finding out now that 25% of the people coming from over the border they illegally have COVID or have tested positive for it or some other disease. So they wouldn't want President Price. First of all, I'd probably be the shortest. I probably would have to have like six foot eight inch bodyguards. I don't want nobody shooting man. I'm yeah. definitely would not going to Dallas,
2: Texas. But yeah,
0: that's
1: a private joke there. Yeah.
0: No, but, I think uh, our I think our country got soft. What's that? I think our country got soft. The riots, the, the well, riots, the riots are I, I, happening.
1: I, it, not only did they get soft, but, but people took freedom for granted. You know, when they stopped having the draft. I volunteered myself, but I I, I signed up in the 60s. But I volunteered. But once you took that away, once you don't have an obligation to defend this country, you just take it so it, it's so cheap. But there are so many men and women, starting back in the Revolution, starting back in 1776 and everything like that, who fought for this country. Who a lot of them died for this country. And yet, you have people out there uh, taunting them, getting in their faces, and everything like that. I seen it on Facebook the other day some, well, I won't refer to her by that animal name, but some young woman. If she'd have gotten my face back then, I'd have used my riot baton. That's the equivalent of a baseball bat. And I'd smacked her across the head. I guarantee you, she wouldn't have gotten my face again. That's what you gotta do. The first thing you must do is that rioting is an uncivilized occupation, doing it. So the first thing you have to do is you have to establish control, then you establish peace. But we don't do that. Trump wouldn't order them in, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's up to the uh, governor's government. I would have said, get your ass in there and put down that uprising. If you were coming in within 24 to 36 hours, in minneapolis and come in and i mean like just put them down i'm not talking about killing i'm just telling some uh water cannons some tear gas and some riot batons and we were backed up by 20 or 30 men with rifles but we established we established uh, i i just missed the uh I got in the guard just after the 1968, when they had the the uh, riots up in Chicago at the uh, Chicago Democratic Convention. My unit went up there with other units. Within three or four days, order was restored. You know, I would have never allowed them out in uh, outside out there in uh, uh, Oregon, where they took over a part of what was Portland. They took over six blocks. Yeah. They wouldn't. They would have lasted two hours out there. I'd have swept in and took them all out. I would have hurt them, but I would have hauled them out. You got. You got to establish control here. You got to. Pre- you don't. got to
0: protect it. the country. You got to protect the city.
1: Exactly. And I keep asking on Facebook to all these people on these police departments. "What's your answer? What, what? What is the thing that's going to take the place?" And they don't ever have it because there isn't it. If you do not have the thin blue line, I, I admit. There are bad cops. They're like bad bakers. There's bad, bad firemen. There's bad people that do whatever. They're just bad people. I don't know what happened to them, but they're bad. Yeah. Okay. You don't let, as they old saying is, you don't let a few rotten apples spoil the whole barrel. Yes. Those people. What he did to that guy up in Minneapolis. He should have been charged, but it should have been murder. Because I don't think he went out that morning and said, you know what? I'm going to find me a black man. and I'm going to put my foot on him and kill him. I bet you if you find out, and first of all, here, here's something that we, we have to defend. I know he's, he's a cop. and he, he was on trial and everything like that. But what about were you and I? Here's a crime we just committed. It's been all over the papers, mm-hmm. all over the news in Minneapolis. And where's the trial held? Minneapolis. The first thing that should have been done was a change of venue. Put it out in Podunk, Idaho. Yeah. First of all, most people out there are probably a little smarter than what they are in Minnesota, from what I've seen. But you know, and, and you get a fair trial. And then he, then he didn't. The judge didn't seclude the jury. But he found out what was the the worst example, and, and I'm I'm including ALC. But Maxine Waters is just vile. Uh, she is just a terrible person. She went up there to incite them. Okay, so the judge heard her say this. Okay, don't you think the jurors heard her They were intimidated. In fact, one of the reserve jurors was on one of the programs that actually tells the truth most of the time. It's not any of the other ones. Uh, and said that they were intimidated. They knew that if they... And she says, "I'm not too sure that you know this being committed capital murder. Anytime you, any of the murders, murder one or two, of them, there has to be, uh, and this I learned from a friend of mine who's a lawyer. There has to be intent. There has to be pre. You have to be excited that you were going to kill this guy. And there's no proof. Should he have been a, should he have been punished? Yes." First of all, fired off the police force, and he should have been uh, found guilty of manslaughter in the first degree. All right, send him five years in jail. There you go. But when you have, and that was just that was just a show trial. Yeah, that well, was it's... just re- that was just ridiculous. The man was guilty before he. In this country today, unfortunately, Vic, you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. You're right. We, you know, we have constitutional rights. But why, it says right there, there's, there's a big, I've been to Washington, D.C., I've seen the big original uh, Constitution behind all the guards, the frame, the window, the plexiglass, wherever it is, the bulletproof glass, like that. But to get your rights, even though the, the, the Bill of Rights say you have rights, you have to go to court to get your rights. Why? It says right there in the Constitution, freedom of speech freedom of religion, freedom of of assembly. Number two, why would you want to try to take away weapons from innocent law-abiding citizens versus the ones that really do it? Do you know how many members, and here, did they come down on the National Rifle Association? Do you realize I don't have a rifle, yet I joined the National Rifle Association? How many of those people that committed all these mass murders, how many were members of the National Rifle Association? None. Yeah. It's done by criminals who don't obey the laws. It's done by people who unfortunately have mental health issues. I, I hate to keep calling them crazy, but that's what they are. And they they wouldn't follow law I- at all. So why are Every time there's a mass shooting, we have to have stricter gun laws for innocent bystanders, people who are law-abiding. Why is that? Why does a government want to take your weapons away because that's the only thing we have left between us and communism marxism whatever it is i tell you what i'm not if i get a weapon i'll take you know they want to come and actually and people don't believe this people are so naive so stupid they don't believe that this is happening well it's but just look in nazi germany once again People who, and here's the old saying we, we historians have, if you do not pay attention or heed history, it will repeat itself. 1933, the Nazis took over Germany. What are Nazis? They are national socialists. What's in Washington, D.C.? Biden is a socialist. There you go. And we we'll And I put it on Facebook. And of course, I, I have to be careful because you know, I'm I'm a repeat offender. I'm so damn proud of that because I believe in the Constitution. I believe. And, and how can you fact check my opinion? It's an opinion. It's not based on fact. I just simply say I will try. And say this is what I think. Well, I'm sorry, but you've just violated unknown Facebook rule. That they won't tell you about you're just you're a repeat offender of course i am i tell the truth a lot
0: so i put i put up a funny meme last night about you know
1: yeah, I, heard, I, I heard you i saw dr
0: house you know you, you saw the show house when it was on tv you know the doctor uh-huh. you know about yeah. how the doctor house you know he'll pop a couple of vicodin and he would have the covet cured by monday and I get I get flagged for like drug use does not cure COVID, and I was like, it's not the patient, it's the doctor taking. I was like, never mind. It's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You you can't use common sense when it comes to Facebook or Twitter or any other like that. Uh, I, I'll just share with you that uh, I have through sources, and I won't say where. But there is a new social platform coming up, and it might be online. In fact, it doesn't even have to be online by the end of the year. And it is, I don't know, are you familiar with the scientist Nikola Tesla?
0: Actually, basically. Nikola
1: Tesla was a, a Serbian immigrant who came to America in the late 1870s. He got a job with, of all people, Thomas Elva Edison. This guy's kind of famous, probably a very first And he worked for him until the fact that he started creating things better than Edison did. Edison liked it at first, but then again, it came down to electricity. Well, Edison came out with direct current, which means that if you were going to Uh, wire which they had happened prior to that 1980s 1890s it would only go maybe 500 foot on a wire so you would have to have a transformer every 500 feet can you imagine across the country that's 3,000 miles wide 1,500 miles you know narrow or wide i guess whatever and every 500 feet so tesla came up with alternating current which you can just have one transformer, one major grid every 500 miles. Now, if the country is 3,000 miles approximately wide, you have six of them. That's your grid. And you said the 1,500 miles from uh, down in the southern border to Canada, you'd have three. So and of course, you have more. I'm just being simplistic about it and everything like that. But there is... And I can share this with you you and your, your listeners, that there is a change. There's a change coming. And that's all, I'm, all I can say, because I, I know some certain people. And it's, it's amazing what this new system can do. It is just, uh, it's something on, uh, I think, it, I, I like to say it's like uh, the social media on steroids. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's coming. Just like Facebook replaced uh, MySpace, mm-hmm. and MySpace replaced something else—I can't even remember what it was—I think there was something before MySpace. This too will be replaced, and uh, it won't. It, it doesn't depend on any other social medium. Like, uh, what was it? Me, We? Uh, what's the other one? The Parable, Parable, whatever it's called. They all depend on some other uh, social media to get it out there. This one here, I can tell you, is self-sufficient. Has its own power source. It's amazing. But I have to, I've been sworn to secrecy. I know certain people are of that. But I'm looking forward to it.
0: Dude, we definitely need a change.
1: Oh, definitely. Facebook has too much power. Facebook when it originally came out was a social media. Now it is, it, it tells you what you should think. Yeah, it, it banishes. You know, I don't feel bad when I get kicked off Facebook because Trump is permanently banned on that Twitter. <laughs> I feel honored. <laughs> but it's coming. And Mr. Zuckerberger is going to be in for one big shock. That's all I'll tell you. But anyway, this is your show, and it seems like I've, I've done all the talking.
0: But oh, sure. no, no, absolutely. I always I always learn a lot about when I talk to you. I always wonder why. Give me a lot to think about. Michael, like I've always said for the longest time about LeBron James being shady, and then you yeah. come out with it, and I'm like, thank the dear Awards, someone finally agrees with me. Because he... Yeah, it,
1: it, it gets back to a situation in this country that uh, you uh, you can't believe what they teach in the school, in the schools are well, getting too radical, they're getting too left-wing. But when I was growing up, you know, George Washington did this, that, and the other, and this, that. No, that's that's the school book history of the United States. See, I was, I did a, when I was a senior in college, I did a research paper, a thesis, I think they call them now. And I delved into the real it was nothing like it is even today. You know, I think, oh, we go to Washington, D.C., we see the White House, we see the Capitol building, and Yankee Doodle went to town. Ta- no, it, no, it's not it. <laughs> it's not it. You know, there there are forces that people would not believe are running this government today. Yeah, And it's not Joe. God knows it's not Joe. God, I hope it's not Joe. <laughs> you know what? I actually feel bad for Joe because Joe is being used. You know, why why would Nancy Pelosi? Now there's there's somebody that you could uh, <laughs> you know, have you seen the remake of The Wizard of Oz, she'd play all the witches. <laughs> but but why would she and everybody thought it was for Joe, why would she uh, check out the 25th amendment. 25th amendment. For anybody out there who's not a political geek like I am or a history major and everything like that, is the amendment that you can use to remove a sitting president if for whatever reason, either physically or mentally, is not able to continue the job. This man was not able to do the job when he was campaigning. Like I say, I almost feel sorry for him. You know, it's 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 quite obvious. I have not, see when you get to be seventy-something years old, you have a lot of friends that have done a lot of stuff for a long time. I have another friend who is a clinical psychologist. Has been for forty years. He teaches at one of the major colleges on the East Coast. First Thankfully for me, there are a lot of major colleges on the west, on the east coast. But he, I had a conversation on Facebook last week with him, and he said that uh, Biden is distributing, is showing the middle part of uh, getting dementia. He's, 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 he didn't really say it was uh, that, but he's to that point. You know, he, he, he can't remember anything, he, he can't even read a teleprompter. Oh my. And uh, the, um, I, you know, in fact, I, I jokingly put on Facebook the other day Joe, when you're having that speech, turn the teleprompter around so the camera, so we can see what you're really supposed to be saying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, 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 what's his point? What they're doing? Here, here, it's, it's so obvious. Here I am, a, a, a nobody except you, even I see it. They're using him for the first. They're, they're hoping he'll make it to midterm elections. That's the next year, 22. because now they can blame and say, well, it wasn't our fault. It was, it was, it was uh, Joe. He was obviously mentally not capable. He went mad. He did all these bad things. So they're going to blame Joe." Well, they sit back and, and you're actually witnessing Obama's third term. That's that's one of the uh, puppet masters is. Yeah. It, 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 like I say, people today, they're taking uh, freedom so for granted. They'll listen to anything. Uh, they'll say, oh, yeah, uh, I, let's wear a jockstrap and go so I can go to Walmart. We have a local Walmart here. Because I, I have bad knees, I don't go in there. I've been to Walmart once. That's all you need to do. As uh, I observe people going to the Walmart. They wait till about three foot before they go to Walmart. And they put their mask on. Same people I see about ten, fifteen minutes later walk out of Walmart. They get out about five feet, and they take their mask off. So I am of the opinion that I have located the source of COVID. It's Walmart. It's, it has to be.
2: <laughs> I'm <we're> not <laughs> I say, surprised. Me. Well,
1: we, yeah, we have to close early so we can clean. Do you realize when there's a thousand people? in Walmart or more. A super Walmart probably going to have 2,000 people. And you know what? You look at that and say, hey, that's not too bad. I'll take a look at it. Oh, I don't want to put it in. Do you mean to tell me they have one Walmart employee for every customer in there, follows you around and then sterilizes that, cleans it? No. No. So, you know, the the thing is, it it's they're, they're making this out like the bubonic plague, the black death, and uh, First of all, you're believing uh, Fouchy, and he's the one that's in cahoots with the Chinese. They were experimenting with this. What you have here is you have a virus. I truly believe that. But it's a version of the swine flu, which over in the Chinese are very good at this. You think to yourself real quick. Beginning of 2020, it's an election year. For the first three years, first of all, Trump Surprise and shock the Democrats. Hillary was supposed to ascend to the throne. Yes. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, there was overwhelming people that just finally said, "The silent majority," at call, and said, "We're through with this crap. We're through with politicians." Here's the man who is a self-made billionaire, and let me let me just qualify myself. I do not agree, nor did I agree with everything that Trump did. I think he made a lot of mistakes but he had a lot of successful things also but they were shocked Hillary didn't win no I remember that night vividly watching the returns going, oh my God, Hillary's going to win. You know, the, the, the polls are saying that Trump's behind by 20 points and this, that, you know, they're at six o'clock. You know, the, the polls haven't even closed on the, on the uh, West Coast, but they're saying, well, we we're predicting that, you know, Hillary has a uh, 90 to one chance and it's at seven o'clock. Well, Hillary is at 56 to one, eight o'clock. Hillary is like, 20 to 1, 9 o'clock, Trump is president of the United States. What the hell happened? You know? And now this last election. This is the biggest joke. Hoax. You see, the problem is I have conspiracy. Because I'm one of the few people that, I was 13 years old when Kennedy got assassinated. i can remember exactly where i was at in school in fact years later like 30 years later i went to see one of my nephews basketball the same gym that i had sat and heard the school principal come over and say you know uh the president is shocked and i still got the same cold feeling so Hmm. when i'll just summarize it because i think we're getting close to the end of the show but uh no, the, the Chinese didn't like Trump. He put him in place. Democrats didn't like it. So what do we do to distract everybody else? Well, impeach somebody on the stupidness of impeachment charges, which weren't impeachment charges, not by the not by our Constitution. And then let's have this mock trial. The Senate. Where was that? That was in January of 2020. What well, happens then? Nobody can do anything. Washington's kind of paralyzed. The senators can't do anything. They're stuck there for twelve hours. They can't even have phones or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, COVID. <laughs> what are the three things? I'll, I'll just suppose. What are the three things that you had to stop Trump for? You had to destroy his economy. The economy not great. So cancel. Well, Trump's economy is terrible. It's not. It was great. You have to stop him. From all these massive uh, these rallies where there's anywhere from 20 to 50,000 people all the time. Has better, he had better figures, attendance figures than the Beatles did in the prime. Okay? Third thing, we have to find some way to take the attention off Joe Biden. Well, it's COVID. He has to hide in his basement. He can't come out. There you go. There is what happened. I will bet you anything. That's what happened. And then don't get me going. Maybe the next show we should have on is the, the, the night of the election. I'll give you the details, that's which nice. I study. I, I don't take anything for granted. Worst thing they can do on Facebook is put me off for 30 days. Because now I have nothing better to do than start looking up stuff.
2: There you yeah, go. You'd
1: be surprised. You'd be surprised at what you can find on Google, the Internet, and everything else. So, anyway.
0: Hey, so you know, it's just, that's just them giving you fuel giving you time off from Facebook to come back even stronger.
1: Oh, yeah. Facebook, Google, and uh, Twitter, or as I call it, Titter, <laughs> uh, blanked the country on what the president, well, I don't want to use the term, Biden's son did. Biden's son is a crackhead. two examples of crackheads. You have a crackhead that got away with everything because his daddy was vice president of the United States, and then you have Mike Lindell, the president CEO of Mike's Pillow. He was a crackhead. Now look at the difference. Somebody reformed, Mike Lindell, and somebody didn't. There you go. So, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
0: I think about I haven't seen Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden's son, for a while, so I can't really.
3: He's he's
1: he's uh, they they've forgotten about his laptop. They forgot about this that and the other because we don't we we have a politicized justice department. We have a politicized FBI, and that's terrible because most people that work in the justice department are honest, hardworking, want want the truth to come out. Same way with the FBI. Ninety-nine percent of the FBI are are great people, men and women. It's the top. It's the ones that control them, and we saw that.
2: Yeah.
1: And we're seeing it now. So they'll probably come and visit my house now, later on. <laughs> so they'll hear your podcast. Yeah, I impressed. I impressed my producer on Will's perspective by saying, "Yes, I want to be on Vic Muskrat's, uh, you know, podcast and." He gets all over the New England states. <laughs> yeah. If Maybe go further than that. I don't know. Maybe I was limiting him.
0: No, I, I'm number five in Costa Rica.
1: Ah, okay. Good. I don't,
0: I don't know up. how he pulled that off, but, you know, okay.
1: <laughs> and we got to do this again another time. Uh, I, I would suggest uh, the thing that we do next time is on the Kennedy
0: assassination. We can do, do that, that easily.
1: I think you'll find things fascinating. I think most of the people, most of the people are not alive today. You know, I was 13. I'm going to be 71. So most of the other people have died off. But I, I kind of made it my life's mission. I'm the only 14-year-old when I was in high school next year to get my copy, my paperback copy of the Warren Commission, and within the first two or three hundred pages, realize it was a bunch of bull. So yeah, if you want a good story, if you want a good show. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'll give you the exclusive on it.
0: Definitely, we got, but this time we got to do it sooner than later. Oh yeah, definitely. I think last time we had a schedule, I got sick or something. Yeah, something, something happened. Like... Yeah,
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, i i gonna, you know, i gonna do a, uh every couple months or something like that. Whatever, it doesn't make any difference because, like I say, how hard is it for me to sit at my kitchen table, watch my dining room table right now, I'm doodling. And I'm talking, you know, on your podcast. So it don't really get any easier.
0: Yeah, really.
2: simple.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's but, simple. you know, I, I, and I think it's therapy for me tonight because I was all, this last couple of weeks, especially last night, was, was, was the was the one that really got me upset and everything like that. And then I've been, and you can ask my fiance and everything like that, ever since this this mock election, this week election. I have been just really on edge. I have just really have had fits of depression. i have got higher than a kite. I get yeah. mad because I don't. I hate being lied to. Yeah. And I I know a lot of men and women who have served this country, and a lot of them have died. And uh, I'm not going to shut up. I mean, Facebook will cut me off, but like I say, something else is coming. And like I say, once you you put me on suspension for 30 days. That's the worst thing that Facebook could do. Because now you don't know what in the hell I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works both ways. Wow, we got Will there. And, uh, okay. Because immediately I am somebody who probes. I believe in finding every, no matter if you tell me that this is impregnable, you can't get through here, you can't do that. Then I just Begin with the basics and I probe. I try this. Does it doesn't work? But yeah. See, I don't care if I try it a thousand times. And that thousand is the first time it works. And I, I'm a success. So it would be better for Facebook to keep me on than let me start thinking again because, like I said, this is how I So, yeah. Anyway.
2: Well, it's
0: always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time gets you back on again very oh, soon.
1: No problem at all. Always happy talking with you and also sharing ideas and that on uh, Facebook and personal messenger. Uh, I feel that I've gotten a real good friend that I wouldn't have had because chances of will going out east would have been slim and none. But you know, I have a lot of other friends. I have, like I said, I have this wrestler friend who's 25 years old. And I'm 71. <laughs> yeah, we dig wrestling, so we have a common common theme there. Yeah. And he's in Ontario, Canada. So you know, that's, I enjoy that.
0: Yeah. That's all that matters
1: at the end. Exactly. You know what? I'm going to stand up for this country. Come hell or high water. I was willing to put my life on the
0: line before. I'm willing to do it again. Nice. Go there. I know you will. I definitely know you will. I am. Well, you take care of yourself. We'll keep in touch. And Give my best to your fiance and you have a good night.
1: Thank you very much, Dick. Uh, you made my evening. I've enjoyed it immensely. And uh, let's let's keep uh, supporting this country.
0: Absolutely. You take care of yourself. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh God. And we are live with the five-star wrestling revolution. I am the man that calls it down the middle, Vic Musket. You can catch all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Vic Muscat, not Vic Musket Revolution. That's the, the old show. The five-star, anything can happen live. Five-star wrestling revolution on Facebook and all of your favorite platforms in the podcast world. But today is not about the podcast. It's not about me. It's about the man who is on such a hot streak. No matter who you are and feel about this man, you gotta be impressed. This man makes wearing pink cool again. <laughs> and on Saturday, May 8th, Southern Violence Wrestling presents, it was it was all a dream in Athens, Georgia, bell time at seven o'clock. You'll get to see the man from your wildest dreams, the pickup
3: artist, Shane Mako. How you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, you can also throw in Mr. Swipe Right now because we got that going on there. Mr. Swipe Right. It's so, like Tinder. cool. Yep, yep, yep. We got that in there. So
0: what the hell My
3: happened? My girlfriend me not like that at all. She gave me the, gave me the meanest face when I swipe right on that. She, I was just like that. She just, head just came up snarling. Well, it's like on the in wrestling. <laughs> hey, it's like, you you're, the, like you're, an asshole, is- but you're the coolest guy I've ever talked to. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then, you know, it, it, it is part of it. It's, it's the whole swipe life. You know you know where society is on all that. I mean, yeah. we swipe for everything. So my thing is, is when you think swipe life, it doesn't all necessarily have to be in the realm of that. I just feel like we're all swiping. We're all sitting there scrolling. We're all doing all this on our phones constantly. So we want everybody to back that up. It's like, you know, we all know we do it. Let's not, let's not pretend. You're swiping
0: right because you want to see multiple Instagram pictures on Instagram posts. That's all. Yeah. That's and all it all- is. <laughs> she, she, she's gonna lose it she's gonna throw something over here in <laughs> he to <gets it>, Oh, <laughs> make sure she to look at your
1: history that's all <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that you have no idea you have no idea well we'll save that one for the real real show
3: <laughs> it's funny because that, that is a you know, that is a touchy subject what is real and what is not convert- um uh,
0: so I know yeah, we were talking about it, because last time we talked, you were like number one contender. You're on a hot streak. You had all these hopes and aspirations. Then I'm also ringing about, you know, new champion here, new champion there, you know, taking over the wrestling indie industry. And I'm like, Holy crap. That's so
2: cool.
3: Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, cause I think last time we talked, I was in the tournament for the black diamond, which I didn't end up winning. So yeah. I did get, you know I did win that tournament. Um, uh, that started that and that's where and that's where Southern violence is now me Southern violence and my manager have they've kind of like we've we've hit like a mole because uh, the guy I'm going against was part of our faction the appeal well looking at it now it's like you know I've, you know we got a little we we had history where I won my title off of him at the other place so now you know of course there's there's always been some kind of issue between us we've always been smooth you know We've always had our – we're about to go on May trust me, because I heard what he said, that whole sweet-wearing pink thing. I don't know why that's an issue, but we'll see about that. It's not pink. And, not <laughs> but, no, you're right. It was – and I told you last time we talked. I told you I told you that there was a wave, and I planned on riding it until it stopped, and it just keeps getting better and better, and it, and it, it has. It's, it's been fun, and uh, I got the title, the heavyweight title at a VCW, uh, I've been a number one contender for quite some time and a lot of promotions. And it just took the right opportunity, I guess, for me to get my foot through the door. But it's in there now and it's just like now everything's just I'm getting opportunities left and right from other promotions. I'm being talked to and booked. I don't think I have a, a free weekend for quite some time, which is it's 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 exciting, but it's also, you know, it's one of those things in real life, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking because you're like, man, I hope I can hold on to this. And keep this ride going for as long as I can because, I mean, it is it is a lot of travel. It is it is a lot of thought and uh, motivation to sit there and try to stay on top and always give people what they want and not just kind of get stale and get boring really fast because, you know, nowadays you can do TikTok videos for, what, 30 seconds? So just imagine being a wrestler. You can be a fad for a second and go on the next. So.
0: Yeah. But most independent wrestlers during the COVID shutdowns yeah. and everything was all you know, just like playing about, you know, this is not going, this is shining down. But not you. You kept on getting better and better winning the Black Diamond. That,
3: that's a lot of credit to, um. that I have to give a lot of credit to Ace and Amy on that one. Haven, the ones that run ProStyle, they were the ones that during COVID, they were the first ones that they, they stayed on what they were allowed. And they had brought me in right before COVID. And luckily, because I got in right when that happened, they were the ones that, they, they, they talked to the commission. They found out the, what they could do, what they couldn't do. And I got really lucky that Alabama was kind of very lenient. We were one of the first states that was kind of like, Hey, you know, we don't care, but you gotta, so they were the ones that, you know, made sure only 12 people were in there. They are the ones that made sure they followed all and they, they got us up and running quick. And if it wasn't for them, I mean, we got to, we got to wrestle when people weren't wrestling. I mean, they, you know they, you couldn't even train in georgia because i mean you weren't allowed you know to be around anybody so amy and ace you know as soon as they said okay it's back on they were right there they did you know they they did they did shows you know when they weren't you know i don't think they were allowed an audience the first time we ran a show or something and they were just like you know what we got a live, tube, uh, live uh, youtube stream boom let's do it and i gotta give a lot of credit to them because without them you know we could have got rusty i mean i've seen a lot of guys hit that ring you know thinking that it's going to be easy to kickstart that career back up and it's a struggle because you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. Whereas I, when it opened the doors back up, I was already sitting up, whoa, Shane Mako, I know this guy. He's out here doing this. I've heard of him. And it was like, I was already going when the, the wave hit. So I'm right there where I need to be now that everything's opened up. you say that's your favorite promotion to wrestle for? Or... Yes, I would say, I mean, I, I don't really, because see, down and down, we've, we've been doing uh, conversations. We've been conversing over things like this. And Pro South is the one that I have to give the most. Um, they're the ones that they're the ones why my career is where it is. So they they definitely have my respect throughout a lot. BCW has helped me obviously. They have a lot of faith in me. So I never want to sit there and say I have a favorite child because it's just something that you don't you know you would never do that. <laughs> Hopefully I'm I'm sure some parents will, but I have like I said I will always respect those that have helped me get to where I'm going. So ProSal definitely is top on that list because without them, BCW doesn't see me. You know what I mean? BCW doesn't know that I exist. Um, New Era, even though I don't work there on a regular, they were the reason why ProSal saw me. So, you know, Bubba Cagle, the promoter of that, he's a huge part of, you know, Amy and Ace. Austin Towers, going to say that, like he was a huge reason why they noticed me because he, he met me at New Era and we had worked somewhere in memphis when i first started it's a big cycle of trying to keep and i I luckily i have a good memory because i've been kicked in the head too much yet so i can always keep my thank yous and my okay i really you know thank you so much for this because i kind of keep you know I, i know when people i'm paying attention to who's who's there and who isn't because i feel like that's a big part of this industry you really have to when people say pay your dues it's not so much go out there break the ring down i mean yes that's where you start but even once you break past you know paying your dues on the on the lower you have to pay your dues on who helped you and remember those people because people are quick to tell you well this person this and that person does that you just got to remember like well they've never done that to me yeah. so until somebody has you know that wrongdoing to me then it's like well I mean I have nothing but respect for them and you know you're trying to keep it as business as possible but you know sometimes we do, we do become friends <laughs> it happens well Who's your favorite gimmick in professional wrestling besides yourself? If to be honest with you, I'm I, I, every time he goes out and he's not even on, he's not even on the, the mainstream. I'll be honest with you, I like Tyler Colbert. I don't know if you've heard of him. He has a very Gotham. Uh, he comes out. He's he's got his own custom music. It fits him perfectly. He plays the character to a T. I mean, if you ever get to see Tyler Colbert, he, he's just doing, He he's everywhere in the South. He, he has by far one of the best overall heel gimmicks right now, because I mean, you can't help but notice him when he comes out. You're just like, this is a character. This is somebody, this is, this is when I was a kid. This is what I would like. This is what I would come to see. It's not, I, I, I don't mind people being a monster and I know the big guys and I get it. And I have to go out there and I have to do my thing against them all the time. There's nothing wrong with being a monster in this sport, obviously. But I just feel like they forget about the the, the the characters. The characters are what people come to see. So you know, you see you see Culprit. He's not a he's not a, a huge guy. He's probably me and him are about the same size, I would say. And he goes out there and he plays his character. Like he, I I watch his matches purely off entertainment purpose because that's what it is. the The match could go five minutes and there could be nothing other than him just teasing and what. But you're so involved in how. Of good of a heel he is that you're like that's that's what he should do that's exactly how this should have went this is I can't say anything he, he puts a lot of work into everything he does that's like you can tell he definitely goes home and he lives that character which I like I mean I respect that thoroughly because like my character I know it isn't the most in-depth character but I do take a lot of time to make sure everything I do fits the person and the gimmick that I'm trying to get across
0: Right I saw your match the other day on YouTube the Jim Cornette always used to say from every like every girl's schoolgirl's dreams and every boyfriend's nightmares. And right there when I saw you, I was like, that was you. That was that's the twenty twenty one version of that. That's you. How does your girlfriend feel about that? About, you know, you're going out there all sleazy and stuff like that. I've seen you with a very beautiful valet with you in some of the matches.
3: Uh, that was yeah, that was a lucha that was a lucha show where they they uh that's very cool. We, I got to do my first lucha show. It's huge crowd. Never seen anything like it. And they all they they actually pay girls to to valet you. Like just they have personal valets for you. That's that's a whole new level of restaurant right now. I, that was new to me. So you know, I'm getting ready to go out, and they're just like, hey, you know, here, and you're just like, huh? Oh, oh, okay. Like, so, you know, like, gonna kill me. Oh fuck! I ain't even told about this. I think, I think I think with me and with with you know personal and then professional is I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like the Rick Rude like everybody think. I think that that's the the, the misconception is is like I'm not sleazy in that sense of like oh I'm gonna get my thing is I'm too good for your girl like your girl's not good enough for me so I get to kind of hone in on the whole fact is you basically disgust me almost in that way where it's like I swipe left on everybody. You swipe right on me. So that's the whole concept is it's like, you know, I look at people in the crowd and it's like, I just, I would swipe left. I swipe left on everybody. And it's like, that's the difference. I'm better than everybody. So it's really not so much of, Oh, let me go out here and show you ladies. Like I'm not doing the Val Venus and stuff like that because I feel like that's been done. My thing is I'm like you said, I'm like a newer version where I'm just trying to be I'm trying to bring the sense of newness to that old style where it's like if Rick Rude were alive today how would he how would he portray it coming into the times and that's how I see it Rick Rude I think he gave too much accessibility to him when he pulled a girl from the crowd and let them touch him I don't want you touching me if you touch me it's kind of like hey where have your hands been you know what I mean like I'm Shane Mako. Like, come on, I'm Mr. Swipe Right. If 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 we had both our phones out and somebody was looking at them, they swipe left on you, they swipe right on me. because I'm better than you. and That's just the way it is.
0: Rick root and uh, Val Venus wanted the girls. Hate might have hated everyone else, but wanted the girls. To be I, to want them, to, I want the like, You're like, get.
3: I want everyone to get the hell away from me. You can walk, but yeah, you can't touch. Exactly. And I and I know that it happens to where you know they they end up. And it's fine because it's like, I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm the pickup artist, but that's the thing is I'm so, I am I can give you the craziest, corniest, stupidest line and you're going to fall for it. Cause I, And then when you do, I just go, man, you're stupid. And I walk off. It's kind of funny. It's just kind of like showing you how bad you want me, but how I can just toy with your emotions. And that's why I always say like when everybody thinks I'm like an opportunist, I don't really think I'm the opportunist. Like, like I'm not an edge. I'm more of, I can manipulate. I like to manipulate the situation. I like to get people on my side and then manipulate them into doing what I want them to do, and then laughing at them when they do it. Like, did you really think, like, it was like, that's just because everybody wants to be with Shea Mako. Everybody, was like, oh, Shea Mako likes me. Shea Mako's cool. I want to be cool. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, we're friends. We're friends. Hey, go hit him. And then when they do it, I'm like, I don't want a part of that. I can't believe you actually fell for that. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought it was serious? Really? Yeah. I, I just, I... I'm trying to, like, we've, we've, we've talked about it, but I'm definitely a manipulator in that ring. Like, you've seen a lot of my stuff. I've had guys hold guys for me and then hit them with a finish and then pop up and hit the other guy with a finish. I mean, I've, I've definitely manipulated people into doing my dirty work, and that's how I see it. I see it more of – because, I mean, you know what it was like to be in school. You, you've seen the movies. You, you know what it's like when the, the cool kid like Zach Morris treated Screech like crap. I mean, they were best friends, but, you know, he always had Screech do it because he wanted his best friend Zach Morris – to acknowledge him that's basically how i'm running my character it's like i'll acknowledge you up until you've run your course because i just want my life to be easier so i mean if i have to step on a few toes and don't get me wrong there are guys i respect like there's there's a group that i run with that uh that i respect pretty heavily and it's like certain people get that respect but you have to sit you have to fit a certain kind of mold to me and a lot of people in, in in on this in my world i'm just like eh Are you there? I don't know. Maybe one day, but right now, there's a lot of guys. You know, you gotta. There's a cool level, and it's really, really high up there because we're trying to take cool to a whole new level. We want that NWO kind of cool. We want that. We want to break out that new, holy crap! You know, Bullet Club like you got on your shirt. Like we want that back.
0: I gotta (laughs) ask, what the hell's wrong with Detroit this year?
3: Oh man, Uh, Carry On Johnson. They're about to wave him, and that just bothers me. Yeah,
0: I saw that day and I was like it are pretty good and I was like yeah. really
3: just to, and the fact is that we took a seventh round pick and we're gonna let him go we're gonna let carry on go over that but I mean I get the knee issue but I just think it's I think it's Dan Campbell it's like do we really need him do we really want him I mean can he survive they got so many running backs right now and I'm just like I think they're just and i I mean I have no I have nothing but faith in Swift so I mean I'm, I'm fine with it I just really liked carry on I thought carry on and Swift could have been a great one-two punch but what do I know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not out here biting people's kneecaps and giving the, 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 the media what they want <laughs> as much as Dan Campbell is. He's like, woo, look at me. I'm the next John Harbaugh. I know how to really blow smoke. And then when you get out there and go, oh, it's 17. I don't know what happened. Detroit's just a stupid place. I can't do nothing with these people.
0: <laughs> Who is the most overrated wrestler you've ever been in the ring with? Overrated? Um, like someone that you're like, this guy gets so much hype. He's not very good.
3: I think when it comes down to overrated, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've been in the ring with anybody that's overrated. I, I could definitely tell you that there's guys out there that do gimmicks that I think that are overrated and they don't really live up to that gimmick. So there's certain things like I won't say that they're not good because I'm I'm sure they came from a character that was good. And then when they try to do things like I really respect Legato Vaughn, we've had some really we've had two matches now. They're They're pretty solid. I don't know how trained in Muay Thai that he is or his UFC style that he has. I don't feel like he, I feel like it's like, I don't feel like it's a work in a sense. I feel like the little bit of it, a little bit on the beginner side of it. And I like the look, but I'm just, I'm, I am always try to figure out like how much of it's who you really are, if that makes sense. And I always find it weird when guys kind of go against the grain of what they know and what they're good at, because you can kind of feel it in the ring. So I, I guess I, if I had to say it, I would probably say that that person legato is just because it stands out the, the most recent. Everybody else seems to always have their niche. Like it seems like they fits them. They they believe in who they are. I haven't had too many people like oh they're just like raw and then they're not that person. Most guys they live up to it. Now are they are they cookie cutter? Eh, some people are, but most of the time everybody wants to be a monster and they have no problem proving to you that they are. So.
0: So when you say monster. I mean, look, look I mean, how much you weigh these days?
3: I'm 201.
0: 201? I mean, monsters, people think about monsters like Brock Lesnar and <laughs> stuff like that.
3: Yeah, uh, we don't, we I mean, we, we have, we have, there's a couple guys on the Indies, but when I say monsters, yeah, these are big boys. Like they're not, they're not, they're not jack like Brock Lesnar, but like big smooth, big smooth, is like 6'2, six 6'3, six, yeah, six six he's probably about 300 pounds, big boy, and he can move. Towers is seven feet tall. Uh, probably two seventy, two eighty, somewhere around there. Maybe, maybe lighter. I don't know. But he's a big boy, he's seven feet tall. So I mean, he can stay. I, I would take her. And I mean, I've, I've had a, a good match with him. And I, you know, I still see him on a, a, every Friday. So, I mean, when I say monsters like Lamar Diggs, Lamar Diggs is probably six foot five, six foot four, probably two ninety, three hundred plus, and he can do a moonsault off the top just like Lesnar, and he can move. So, I mean, there's some monsters in our sport. They're on the lower thing. It's just finding their niche and figuring out what – I think big, smooth, and towers definitely have theirs. They just have to get the right eyes on them, and you'll see them soon. I promise you you'll see them soon.
0: What's the one thing you wish you'd known at the beginning of your career?
3: Uh, It's not about it, – it, it's definitely not – I mean, I kind of knew this, but it's not about the moves. It, it really isn't about – it's not really – it's not going out there and like knowing that you can do all the cool things and hitting it and then just constantly pushing yourself to see all these different things. Because when you actually get out there, all that just gets wiped off the table. You have to start so quick and so fast that you really have to own in on like your, your posture, your character. Your character needs to be the most polished thing in your arsenal. Without a character, there's really no point of going out there and doing anything if you don't have that character that people can get behind. Because you can do so much with a character. If you forget something, or if you if, if somebody pops you and it just lights out and you wake up, and you don't know where you're at. If you know what your character would do, you can you can everybody can forget it. It can be a clean slate because you know who your character is. And that's just I I'll tell you, I saw uh, a shot of Dylan McQueen. He's very very who he is. He's a very got a very over very flamboyant character. He is Dylan. He's Dylan McQueen, hands down. And I saw him go for a move, and this was the most brilliant thing I'd seen in a while. He went for something to springboard, and you see his foot slip, and you know it's life. Shit happens. So he does it. Boom. He when he came off that rope and he looked at his opponent. His opponent was standing there. He slapped a taste out of that dude's mouth, and I said that's his character. That's that's because he knows what his character would do. You're not going to laugh at me because I made a mistake. How dare you? I'm going to slap you for sitting there looking at me like I did something wrong. That was brilliant. That's wrestling. That is 100% one-on-one wrestling is when you know who you are, what you are, and how you would react to every situation in that ring. And a lot of people live and die off of what's next, what's next, what's next. They're more into the choreography of things instead of going out there and actually fighting. Because when people say, oh, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. The reason why they're even allowed to say that now is because it's starting to look more choreographed. It's starting to like show off. You know, back in the day and what I bring out there, it's it's real to me because I'm not going out there with a script. I'm going out there and I'm, I'm winging it 90% of the time. I'm, I'm going out there with very little and you know, if mistakes happen. That's real. They're, they're, they're real mistakes. I like them. I, I live off of the mistakes. It gets more out of you. The mistakes show more realism. It shows that, you know, we're not faking. You get out here and you try to do what we do and you don't know what you're doing. You can get hurt.
0: Yeah, I remember there was a—I can't remember that. There was a trio. This years ago when AJ Styles and Young Bucks were together. He slipped, kept on slipping on the top rope when he tried to do his thing, and he just like kicked the ropes and saying like, "I hate these motherfucking ropes."
2: And yep. like, like
0: it was real. It was just like you know, real emotion. That's what I like about it.
3: And, it was, and you should always open things up. That's what I tell. I tell a lot of people if they want to ask me something, and I—I I haven't been in this business long, and I, I try to keep my opinions to only things that i think that i have a good grasp on i try to tell them like make mistakes man go out there and try it go out there because man that that's where you when you get when you're five six years into this those mistakes are still going to be happening but because you cover them up so well nobody will know it's just it's just it's going to go with the flow of things and that's where it's really important because going out there trying to be perfect never going to happen Never going to happen. So just go out there and accept the mistakes and grow and make them part of your routine, make them part of your character, make them part of your everyday life because that's what it is. It's just like, you know, if you stub your toe, you keep walking, you say, I don't want, and you, you kick whatever door you ran into. And that's you. That's how you get mad. So do it in the ring. Somebody stubs your toe, stomp your foot and just do exactly what you do. Like, I don't, I don't stop doing it. I mean, I got kicked in the leg and it, it hurt. And I was getting ready to go and I was thinking, I was like, hey, this is starting to linger. Like he this kid kicked the crap out of me. So I just looked at my manager. I hit the middle rope and I was like, nope. And I just hopped out the ring. I started walking. I was like, man, that hurt. And I was just like looking at my manager like he's going to get one for that. Like, I mean, I look at him and was like, "Yep, we're going to go because I mean, that's stung. So, you know, I would not make eye contact with him because I was pissed and I got in and, you know, I made it work because I was really like, hey, that one stung. Like, lighten up on you know, like I'm like, I mean, like, ease up there, kid. Like, I know you're full of adrenaline because you're in the ring with the champ. But calm it down.
0: That's what I like about independent wrestlers, talking more to independent wrestlers than, like, WWE wrestlers. Because when you see, like, the independent wrestlers in the ring, it's like they tr- it's like, see, it look like they care. It's like they will try harder. They would go do more core stunts. And if they fuck up, they, they're just, like, Fucking
3: you know, just... Yep. A lot of the guys, and and I, I mean, I, I being in the back, and that's one thing that I try to uh, understand, or I try to like, like tell. It's like I get kind of because I started doing it when I first started. It's like you're frustrated when you when you don't do something, or you don't hit a spot, or you or you mess something up. It does linger, but I, you know, I just try to tell people enjoy that you went out there and you you got the crowd and enjoy your moments. Like really enjoy your moments. Enjoy a good job done. Go back and watch your film. And learn from there. Just don't get caught up in hating everything you do because that's a dark path you don't want to go down because wrestling can definitely wear you down mentally. You have to enjoy what you're doing or why are you doing it?
0: I read an article the other day that said a pro wrestler's wife, average wife, is 39 years old. And that's hard to believe, but I guess if you include international wrestlers and stuff, I guess I it seems awful yeah. young, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, and, it, and it's true because. We, you know, because of the fact when you're injured, you just push through it and then that's when people start saying, you know, you go to a doctor, you get like like, you know, most of the guys and thing, you know, you get prescribed something and it makes life easier and you just get so used to not wanting to feel that ache or that that throb or whatever it is that's killing you because you know you gotta go out there and perform this weekend, it's hard to say no. It's it it is really hard to stay, you know, hey, it's gonna be six months when you can wrestle again. That 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 is like holy moly like that is that is (laughs) that is not fun thinking of six months laid up that's not even because I mean my shoulder has always it's been lingering for a while but it doesn't it doesn't bother me in the ring or anything so it's just one of those things but I've never just let it rest it's hard to want to because you know you want to be in the ring you want to be out there you want to you want to entertain and that's what we do and I can see why because I mean it, it pushes you but you have to you have to really live a carefree life
0: so what's the um, how do you feel, though, knowing all that when the public who don't really understand the risks and the dangers of the job and still think it's all fake?
3: I, I, I've learned to not take it as personally, but my thing is, is I mean, it's always going to be the same rebuttal. It's always going to be, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you $100 right now if you get in the ring and last five minutes if you could stand in that ring, run the ropes and, and, and run a match and, and actually sit there and do, and I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be, a you can, I'll lay you out just like, you know what, I mean, just like a, in a real fight, and if you can keep getting up in five minutes and you're not gassed and you're not breathing for your life, then you tell me how fake it is because you, the first bump I give you and the first time I pick you up and toss you in the air because I can pick a legit human being up, I don't care if you, you want to sandbag me all you want to, that's fine, I get sandbagged all the time, I pick them right up off their feet and I toss them and I'll toss whoever else and when you land, Because you don't know what you're doing, because you're not, you know, you're not trying to do this. You will land funny and you will probably pop. And if you saw the bump that I took where I went up and over, normally human beings don't walk away from that. They don't know how to tuck their head. Have
0: you ever been in a match before where you just didn't like the guy, you just gave him a little extra like with
3: their punches? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely popped at least one person just because of lack of I guess drive or just kind of like constantly nagging the fact that they weren't taking what I was trying to do professionally and they kept taking away something that I felt like I deserved. And I knew they didn't have, and I popped him. I mean, I was supposed to get his attention. I was like, oh, I'll get his attention. And I slapped him. I slapped him as hard as I could because I was like, pow. And I was like, and you know, I went to the back and I was like, you know, I apologize for it. Like, you know, that's etiquette. But no, I meant that there was definitely some sting on that one because I was like, I had eight minutes and you keep wanting to go too. So it bothers me when, you know, you're given and somebody doesn't have the professional courtesy to give you what, you know, because they don't want to either be in the ring with you or they're just, you know, they're scared of you or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Sometimes, sometimes people are just like, Ugh, and you're just like, come on, man, let's go do something. And when people show up not wanting to do much and you're like, but this is your chance. Or, this is a moment. I go out there like every time. You never know who's watching. This could be your moment where somebody perfect, you know, it's just perfect timing. And that seems to be the case in my career. seems like I just have perfect timing on a lot of my situations. And I keep getting the calls when they're supposed to, you know, be happening. And I really appreciate that. Like, it just seems like the odds are right where they need to be. And a lot of people want to push and push and push to get there faster. I have no problem taking my time.
0: Since everything is, like, going so well for you and everything. Like, I heard there was a rumor that there's a movie role that might be.
3: Yeah, there is a, there is talks of me possibly being in a film. Uh Don't know much, but they're in talks and we are in talks to get something there. And that was something that, you know, when I got into this, that was always a possibility. So to get that offer in itself, whether, you know, it goes or gets aired or whatever it is, what happens, it'll be huge for me because it's something that I wanted. Same thing with the podcast, co-hosting, always want to be a part of a podcast. I think these things are great for our business and I love doing them. So to be a part of one, especially one that's pretty popular amongst you know the area and what we do it's it's been opportunity after opportunity and i'm grateful for all of it
0: so with the podcast the movie role the wrestling that's picking up how do you balance your professional wrestling life and your personal life
3: this is not Ooh. like single
0: and just like you know
3: Well, it's funny because my my personal life kind of runs into rest because, I mean, I'm I'm just a bartender. I mean, I I go make money being Mako. Everybody knows I'm Mako at the bar, so I get to be him there too, so – I get to go make my money there and be the guy behind the bar that nobody really messes with, and I have the same attitude behind the bar I do in the ring. I'm just like, you know, you want a margarita? I'm just like, go fuck yourself. You can get a Bud Light and a lime. I'm not doing that. I'm not that kind of bartender, you know. (laughs) It's not happening. It's like, hey, do you know how to make this? I could make it. I'm not going to. Here's a fireball. Enjoy that. I mean, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not that kind of bartender. I'm just going to be, and I get to carry on with my personal, like my gimmick. Is very very close to you know what I perceive. I don't wouldn't say that I'm like some, you know I, I am who I am. I'm very very confident in everything that I do. I always happen and that's just the way it is. It's like I'm confident in the ring and do I think I'm perfect? Do I think I'm better than anybody? No, 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 no. I'll go out there and do my thing and I'll prove I'm better than you. But you know I let my actions speak a lot more. You won't hear me yammering a lot. You'll see me slap somebody in the face and say let's go. And we'll see who's better by the end of this. And that's how I like to do it. I like I like that idea of things. Like That's the layer that I'm trying to get across is, yeah, I can run my mouth and we can do this, but I've, I learned from Jake the Snake, man, sometimes less is more. So I'm not somebody who's going to hammer it out with the crowd. I'm not somebody who's going to sit there and have a 15 conversation with somebody who doesn't matter. So when they're telling me all this, all this, and I'm like, if if you were if you could do what I do you wouldn't be sitting there so hush your mouth let me go work and enjoy it because I'm allowing you to see it <laughs> it's like there we go
0: there you go you virgin that's how you say
3: there you go ninety percent of the time uh, the somebody is- uh, somebody told me to swipe myself because I was you know I swipe left on them. And they're like, go swipe yourself. And I was like, I would, and I do. Why would I not? That was like the worst thing I've ever heard. I was like, you got to come up with better material than that. Like, that was awful. I was like, go come back next week with something better. Like make a sign or something. But I was like, that was awful.
0: It's like sometimes the insults are so bad, they're insulting.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's like, really? It's the best you got? Like, yeah. And that's, that's usually me. I, I find it so funny when people say, oh, you wear pink underwear. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, your girl loves pink. I was like, you know that. Like, I'm just like, you know I'm I was like, I mean, why wouldn't I? You know, you give people, you know, it is what it is. I don't know what what the problem is. With that. yes, of course I wear pink underwear. I wear pink everything. Come at me with that Crap. Give me something I can work with.
0: So with the uh, promotions you work at, what's the medical situation in the back?
3: Oh, man, that's probably like one of the, the despite one of the hardest things about doing the indies is there's really no there's really no medical like I mean you, you get hurt I mean you just pretty much either call an ambulance or you get driven to a hospital we, we can we can sometimes I, I mean I try to keep like super glue and stuff on me in case accidents happens like I got busted open one time on my eyelid really bad and of course you know I had super glue on me because that's what I do I keep my own personal stuff just to make sure you can stop the bleeding get where you got to go but for the most part hopefully I mean I think that's the thing about wrestling is it's kind of cool that they don't have a medical anything like that because it kind of keeps you safe in your own I feel like if you give people too much man we'll go out there and do it kind of keeps us honed in like hey I know I would love to do a 450 off of this ladder but since we don't have anybody that can be here how about I just do an elbow so (laughs) it's kind of like you know let's keep it in the realms of and if this does go awry what's the situation how far is the hospital you know if it's 18 miles eh, can I make it there
0: so um, are there any moves that your opponent wants to do that you won't do because you're just like, it's like, that's move stupid. I'm going to get hurt.
3: Uh, Right now, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. This is a little insider information. If you ever call a flapjack or you want Mako to take a flapjack, it's probably never going to happen for a very long time because that's the move they called that I thought would be the easiest move in the world to do. And when it went sour and I almost died doing it, I will probably never do a flapjack or back like a, a back body, uh, body, uh, back body drop. I'll probably be very, very long before you see Mako going up and over onto his head because I have flashbacks of that. Like I can see that mat upside down, and I'm just like, "Ah, oh, blue tuck," and I mean, just, just feeling that impact. So yeah, definitely, you definitely get some, some, some past residents of um, residue of just fear, and you don't want to feel that. So if you ever feel like, mm, there's times where I'm like, well, is there any way we can replace it? But just for the most part, anything up and over right now, if if I trust, and I trust almost everybody I work with. So when they're like, hey, I got you, I go out there, grind my teeth and just get it done. I don't really have anything that I can say no to right now because most people keep it, you know, pretty, pretty hot and simple. Like, you know, I like the guys like Rob Kiljoy. Rob Kiljoy is a, a night off in wrestling, if you want me to be honest with you. That man does all the work for you. That's one of the greatest, you know, there's guys out there, man, that can make it can make you look fantastic. You won't even, you'll just sit in the middle of the ring and they will you're just like, yeah, yeah. And then you go back and read the reviews and like, this was a fantastic match. And they're like, all I did was punch him. Think about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who would be? If you could be in any like organization and wrestle against anybody alive or dead, who would it be? You can even call the stipulations if you want, of the match. <sighs>
3: I'm always gonna go with if, if I could be a part of anything I I'd, I'd, I'd always want I'd always want to go against Bret Hart just to know because I mean he 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 seems like he could have a good match with anybody he's kind of proved that time and time again and I know that's probably the easiest answer but Bret Hart's always gonna be the go-to if I could be any any in a part of a faction or anything as much as I love the Hart Foundation and all that I would really have loved to be in Legacy just because they were young and I like the concept of generation after generation being together and the, the, i don't know why that ever stopped i thought they stopped that a little too soon that was one of my favorite uh, like up and coming that like that'd probably be the faction i would want to be a part of because those guys were all so young and they all had stature they all had it was the perfect thing after evolution and i guess that would be it right there it'd be like it would be evolution i mean uh, it would be legacy against the heart foundation i would love to see that <laughs> i would love to see that let's go let's go do this
0: that'd be a good match actually because the legacy had decent matches against DX, even though they pretty much lost all of them. Still they yeah. had, I mean, it was, they were good enough that you still watched. Yep. I mean, so that's all I
3: don't really I don't really know in WWE. It's really weird because now that I watch it and I'm 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 my own person, I don't really know if there's like bad matches anymore. It's just the lack of intrigue because without story, without like the attitude era, which everybody had their own story going that's what we you know it wasn't really the wrestling that we were into because i mean i watch a lot of attitude there those guys weren't doing a lot but we were so intrigued because what was what was the point of them they always had a point to the match there was a story there there was characters that we all loved and we got now you watch it like, is it really bad or is it just lack of interest because we don't know or we don't care enough about the person in the ring and i think that's what it is we're not attached to these guys like we used to be that's why i say when you're attached to somebody like even me I mean, I'm out here inspiring fans and doing whatever because they like the gimmick. They're attached to me in that way. And that's something that, you know, it's hard to create. You can't really go out there and make that happen. It's just something that you do. And when I go out there, I can give them basically three minutes of my time. But because they're so attached to me, they don't care what I do. They could care less if I, you know, they just don't, they don't. And that's what's funny about it. It's really a different, when you you put things in that kind of perspective, that's where things get kind of you know cloudy. It's like the storytelling is really where the, 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 the meat and potatoes is. The characters is what you know that's how you get the stories to come to life. And when you just throw two guys in the ring and they just you're just like,, yeah, this like, isn't really what I wanted to watch, you know.
0: What was it like working with a dead
3: crowd? Gang Grail?
0: Dead crush is a dead crowd. Because COVID, you know, just made no crowd, not dead crowd. What was it wasn't like uh, during wrestling during the COVID era.
3: Well, the, the cool thing was is that at my training at the place that I was training at A Four with A R Fox, uh, we we did a lot of matches without crowds. Like he's one of the ones like we run a lot. He you know he'd have he'd let us do practice matches and we you know be in full everything treated it like it's the real thing every time you're in there and we had nobody there, so the, it was really nothing. It was really it was really no difference. I mean, for us, it was it was strange as it went on. You miss it, trust me. After after about the third time you do it, you miss it because you, you feel like you do live off of those pops. You do, but that's how you know there's a difference. But it, really, there was no difference, but it just becomes more about the move set, and that's where you got to shift gears because you're not going to have that moment when you can, you know, the character that you know because somebody says something that caught your attention. You just have to stay in posture and remember that you're it's more of a fight feel without a crowd it has to be it has to be more personal without a crowd whereas a crowd can dictate a lot of how you stop and go like somebody could be like oh you know look at your belly showing and then you'll be like ready to punch somebody And be like, what'd you say and throw their head down and go get in that crowd you know in that person's face so it does but i just feel like like i said mistakes man i feel like everything that you do do it, learn from it, and always have those tricks in your back pocket because that's what makes you a well-rounded restaurant. You never know when you're going to be in front of a 1,000 people to when you're going to be in front of one person. And that one person deserves just as much as those 1,000. I mean, if they pay their money, they deserve it. I mean, I, I look at it like people work hard for their money. So go out there and give them what they deserve. I'm never going to sit there and go, oh, well, there's two people out there. Uh, I'm probably not going to you know, do this, 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 this. We can handshake, and then I'll pin you, and we'll just go home. That's not, That's not cool.
0: What are the best resources that have helped you along
3: the way? Uh, other other wrestlers, other workers, guys who take the time to sit down and go over stuff with you, tell you what they know, and the ones that stick by you and like really, really are motivated like you are. There's some people in this business that are highly motivated, and there's some people in this business that just like their lane and they stay in their lane. Some people just like doing the weekend thing, and they like where they're at, and that's what they do. And then there's guys out there that are motivated to reach higher levels, and You just got to associate with the ones that, you know, do it for you. Almost everybody I associate with is all grinding extremely hard to get to that next level. They pride themselves in what they do and how they do it. And I've been fortunate enough to kind of find the ones that push me and support me in their own way. And they have no problem telling me when I suck. I mean, that's very important in this business. It can't always be sunshine and roses. It has to be people that can be honest with you and you not be so into yourself that you can't make mistakes. You got to be able to willing to listen and heal like, dude. I get it. This was cool, but man, well, why would why would you do this right here? Why why would you think that that was like that? No, you can't do that like that. And you're like, all right, you're right. You know, and you gotta be a millionaire, you, you know, admit that you're wrong. That's probably the best thing is other workers, man, other wrestlers are definitely key to your success. You gotta be willing to listen and make those I'm not saying you gotta be best friends with anybody. I'm not saying that you need, you know, because you gotta have your personal life, but you definitely need to have people you can lean on and talk to and send footage to and ask, just like you said you know, earlier today uh, about when you sent to see how you can better your podcast, same exact thing. Find people that you can send that, that footage to, Hey, could you, you know, take a look at this and let me know what you think. And if they care, they'll send you in, they'll either rip you a new one or they'll just be like, Oh man, that was good. All right. You hated it. Cool. I'm going on my way. That's probably the worst. Thing. That's the last thing you want to hear in professional wrestler is good match. Like you don't want to hear good match. Like when you're in the back and you, you're like, Hey, they're like, yeah, that was good. Oh, great cool you hit, you didn't watch it you can care less <laughs> moving on now that's
0: such a life though because like a couple weeks ago i had someone babysit our kids and they came back saying like we came back they were like they were great even though one of them like, hit their terrible twos the next babysitter was like they were good but your son doesn't know his name apparently because he doesn't am <laughs> i like yeah okay that's sounds like more like him i mean people right. feel like they can't take or give constructive destruct- criticism anymore
3: because they're afraid of our feelings that's and that's what that's that's where we're at that's where the that's that has something to do with a lot of direction of life that we can't control right now because people's opinions are just it's just hard for anybody everybody's on eggshells they think everybody's out to personally attack them and i've always been able to take a loss i have no problem losing because without losing you can't get better and i don't know why people don't understand that like even when i played baseball for nine years i was very very good at what i did and I never really had to compete with anybody. So it kind of got boring to me. And the same thing when I used to play Madden and win Madden challenges. People used to talk so much trash before these games. And I was like, dude, I'd shake their hand. I was like, I hope you do beat me. Cause then it'll come, I can come back, learn from you, and then I'll be better than you. And the next guy that was better than you know, and it's just that's how you get better. And then when I beat him, I was like, Well, I mean, you were just talking obviously you're not very good. But that was my thing is yeah, I'm more than glad to lose because I'll come right back and beat you the next time. I learn. I pay attention to how somebody beats me. And that's what you do. You, you, you learn from your losses. And people think, oh, you got to win all the time. That's boring.
0: Who are the three people that have been the most influential to you
3: during your career?
1: Uh, Takiri
3: is uh, definitely on that list. He's probably, he was, he's the one that broke me in. He's the one that, you know, saw something in me uh, from the school and like had enough faith in me to put me in my first title match. And from there, that's when things started going. He, he's always kind of always had no problem telling me the truth. Always, if there was an opportunity, the first person he would mention is me. And we've, we talk all the time. You know he, he, you know, he tells me about my footage, all that. We travel a lot together. We just did the DeMalinko seminar together. Uh, next would probably be uh, Wicked Nemesis. He's the one that uh, came along and saw me and pushed me. And kept me, he keeps me in a very high light. keeps my name out there in the conversation. That's always good. And then right now, third is going to have to be Charles Anders, just because he came from knowing Wicked. And then he's also very, very high on the character. And he's taken time to like, he made it all the way to ROH at one point in his career. And he's just now hitting the indie scene again. And he's had a nice group of guys that are very motivated. And he's allowed me into that. You know, that scene with them, and I've learned a lot from them and like Gene Jackson and uh, the podcast and them talking. And those are probably the three most right now that have stood out. I've had a lot of people help me along the way in their own way, but the ones that keep in constant contact with me, like AR Fox, I cannot be more than grateful to AR Fox. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him training me and taking the time. But at the same time, these are the ones that are still. You know there they're the ones still allowing me to send them footage talking to me hey hey maybe if you did this maybe and those are the ones i appreciate because they're still there and we get along really well like i don't get we never get tired of me and takiri can sit in a car for 14 hours together and we never get tired of each other's company just talking wrestling and going back and forth and in, in this world i find that very rare to meet new people like that where you can converse and not get tired of somebody's company where it's just like will you shut up no we get along same thing with xander's and we can talk for hours, and we're just like, "Yeah, man!" And we never, you know, we're never just like, "Oh my God, will you shut up?" We just get along. We can just fire back and forth. They have the mindset of it's just no matter what, there's always something to talk about.
0: Unfortunately, not only the world that we live in today is changing, but the wrestling world is as well. Yeah. If a promo- what promotion would you like to be working for? That's that like like oh. Impact, I- AEW. If you had it, if you got a call. It's not a promotion that we would rather pick, but we'll open to
3: everyone. I, right? I like I like AEW. I like what they're doing. And they have a lot of the people that I, I've trained with and a lot of people I know personally. They're taking a lot of the guys. There are a few from the school that are in NXT. NXT would probably – I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever want to do Raw or SmackDown or WWE. I'd always want to stick with NXT. Like that just seems to be more – my style and AEW, same thing. I think I would rather go AEW right now, just because I like the fact that they look like they're all getting along. They look like they all have control of what they're doing and what they want to do. And I like that because I feel like with the character that I've created, I would never want to lose what I've created. And I feel like going to WWE, I think I would just be given a lot of words about this is what we think Mako would say, or should say, I don't like the concept of somebody saying that to me. I think, Oh, we know you better than you know yourself. No, no you don't cuz I don't even think about what I'm going to say until I say it. So don't know what I I never know what I'm going to say half the time. So don't pretend like you can you know have words ready for me. I don't and I think AEW would allow me to go out there and just be me. They be like, "Hey, just go out there and be you and we'll see where, you know, see where it ends up." And I like that.
0: Especially AEW opening the forbidden doors now, you know, yeah. like Impact and AAA, I mean, WWE is all about themselves yep
3: and AEW's. You know, wrestling, wrestling is a wrestling is a weird phenomenon that people just do not understand because if you mention it to one person they're like god i, I just find it so and then, but they always know five or six people that are just addicted to it and they're just like but man my best friend loves it and you're like there's always that person there's so many people that love what we do and that's the that's the because people are like man that, that's still going on that's still something and you're like yeah and it's it's pretty big. <laughs> there's a lot of us doing it. There's a lot of us that look forward to it, watch it, you know, do do the due diligence and go read articles about guys coming up and looking at indie t- tournaments where the names are being wrestler of the year in this territory or this indie scene. I don't want to say territory because I guess those are dead, but I feel like there there still is territory for some reason. But yeah. that's just me. And that's another thing too is I'm gonna be honest. I'll give you a little bit of breaking news right now. Twenty twenty two uh montgomery alabama i'm working on starting something myself and getting uh something off the ground i've already been in talks and that's something that if people want to keep up with i because i love what i do and that was another goal of mine and i like i said i've been checking off goals left and right so in montgomery alabama if you hear of a promotion and you see mr suit and tie over here with his vincent man swagger don't be surprised because I'm going to pull an NWO and I'll have my own promotion just like sold out over here and make my own brand and be like, we're going to take over this. Now we can do whatever we want to because I own it. <laughs> right. I'm mean, You'll be the boss. So that that hopefully that'll get taken off and that'll just be one more checklist to my, you know, my dreams come true. What's
0: the best advice can you can give someone who's just breaking into business?
3: Uh. When when you when you watch your film and, you, and you're 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 watching wrestling and you're paying attention to everything and I know what you're looking for, I know you're looking for these moves, I know you're I know you're probably a fan of somebody, that's why you broke in. You want to emulate that person so bad and you want to be that person like you want to be the next rock or you want to be the next, you know, Crispin Wall or whatever it is, because you you know these guys all. There's always like a top five that everybody's trying to be. There's nothing wrong with emulating, I get it. Do it. But when you start, when you watch wrestling and you get to a level, once you're in your first year, two years, you're going to start realizing that you're going to watch these guys wrestling. You're going to stop watching their moves. Don't pay attention to their moves. Pay attention to their posture and the things. Those are the most important things in wrestling to me. Those are what make the match great, because watching The Rock do what The Rock did. The reason why The Rock was so good is because his whole demeanor was The Rock. He was a whole when you played the video games with the rock, he had an entire moveset that was his. Yeah. It was he had a different way of punching. He had a different way of falling. He had all that. Don't look at these moves. Look at the character and what the like Velveteen Dream does it so well. He's so long, so everything is stretched out and he's he's in agony. And you can see it when he's when he's in flight, his arm, watch those things. Get your moves down. Don't don't think that the movesets not important don't don't just don't try to always be the cool move guy that's just like i have one move that's probably going to end my career if i keep doing it more than a year because trust me once you do it once and that's what you're booked for you have to do it your entire career you have to remember you have to do that why you think hulk hogan has hip surgery and back you think a leg drop is easy it sucks it sucks dude <laughs> i've done it like once or twice and instantly been like what's wrong with my back oh i did a leg drop damn it like i know that thing hurts if you ain't got enough cushion for it don't do it yeah because it's a cushion you have it's like yeah and i don't have enough butt for it so i you know my butt like instantly it's all spine so it's like if you got some cushion back there some some old um, your own cushion hey more than happy now I'm not doing it. Every time I – and, you know, on the fly, I will do a leg drop because I forget. And as soon as I hit, I'm just like, oh, uh, why would I do that to myself?
0: I remember when I was, a, like, a kid, you know, watching wrestling, try to do some moves. I did a leg drop to my little wrestling, but I still remember the pain that shot up my tailbone. And, and
3: was, you go – Wait,
0: like,
2: a second, that what the hell was supposed to be?
3: Yeah. Like I- yeah, when you did that, when you instantly did it, you instantly told yourself, hey, these guys are not just – out here just doing stuff like it hurts like it does everything we do in that ring is real like that's what i tried it hurts even a simple leg drop that we thought oh that's so stupid oh that's why how could yeah do it tell me it doesn't hurt you just as much as it hurts the guy. yoko had the best leg drop by the way i watched his documentary recently oh my god that was a beautiful thing i know that hurt everybody but somehow yoko made it look like it did not hurt him at all because he had so much Oh, I told somebody at a show, and I was like, "I just want to see a Yokozuna leg drop. Somebody, Yokozuna leg drop. Somebody." I think somebody actually went out there and did it. I was like, "Yes!" I popped so hard for it. I was like, "Yes!"
0: I think Yokozuna is one of the most underrated WWE champions we ever had.
3: Yes, he he was a he was definitely watching his documentary was just I forgot how good he was, and that happens a lot with me because you know we keep moving forward. And then you go back and you watch somebody, you just forget like how much we took for granted some of these great stars that we never, you know, Yokozuna at the time, we just hated him because he was Yokozuna and he was in our face and he was Japanese. And we're like, you know, we hate you. You hurt Bret Hart. You you know, you're, you're, you're Japanese. You know, we don't like it. But then when you go back and watch, you're like, man, he was crazy good.
0: Yeah, because you hurt Bret Hart. You know, you hurt Hulk, Hulk Hogan, you know, you beat Hogan in the title. I remember Yokozuna beat Hogan. There was that one guy in front row, looked like Hogan completely and he was just like like shocked and I was like, You to cry, aren't you? It's
3: like Just like when the taker lost that streak. I was there live for that one. I remember that you know the famous meme of the guy just like I was there when he did that. I saw him down in front row doing that and I was like, Woo He saw the
0: iconic moment in WWE history.
3: I was in the crowd for that. So that's always, that's a big part of, uh, that was before I got into the business, but I got lucky and got to be there. So every time I see that, it's really weird to know that I'm really close to that. Like we got really good seats too. And I'm just like, man, I'm there. Every time I watch, that's my favorite menu just because I know I'm there. I went to another one, but it wasn't as fantastic as that one.
0: (laughs) So you told us what's all these things that you have lined up for your future projects and goals. Is there anything else you forgot to bring up? you
3: have a long list uh no i my thing right now is that uh i'm being i'm being brought in and uh it's slow and steady and i'm enjoying every moment of it and that's the one thing that i will say is that i'm gonna enjoy my ride i'm not gonna rush anything i like enjoying my moments and that's what i'm gonna do and my checklist come and it seems to be you know stay positive and just keep and keep and it just seems to keep happening. Like, I will say you will see me popping up a lot more in the Georgia scene. Uh, Alabama is, you know, home, but I'm starting to get out there a lot more. So, you know, you got Southern Violence on May 8th. Uh, you got Peach State on May 29th. That's uh, at the Church with No Walls. Uh, I did hear about uh, NCW coming back. I got a, I got a hit up for that. They're thinking about bringing me in. So hopefully on July 12th. I'll be there for that that's also a very big promotion in georgia uh so i mean georgia here i come and that's what we talked about last time we did this i said i wasn't trying to get titles or anything i said i was just trying to get in the conversation and now i'm in the conversation so we'll see what happens and see what what kind of noise we can make now that people know who i am
0: well you say in the conversation it's in the wrestling world now you're going to like movies and you probably
3: have your own promotion it's like you really overshot your call here yeah. Well, you know, I just needed, I just needed, I needed that spark, man. I needed that. uh, And I I had faith. I had faith because like I said, I, 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 I watched wrestling and I know in my own mind, I'm not saying my way is right. I'm not saying anybody doing anything is wrong. I just believe that people have kind of gotten away from what we enjoyed as kids, because in 2000, you have a lot of young people coming up in 2000 is a whole different era than when I was growing up. So I'm more about the character and the storytelling and I feel like people are missing that. People want that back. They do enjoy that so much in wrestling. And people want the Brock Lesnar's and Brock Lesnar is a he's, a he's a he's he's fantastic in his own right. But let's be honest, you know, if you had a whole bunch of Brock Lesnar's running around, how fun is wrestling? It's really not that exciting. You know, you got two, you know. So you got to realize there's a place for everybody. You just need to find your place and that's what I feel like I do well. I found my lane and I'm going to ride until the wheels fall off. And people have been missing it because name somebody Right now, and there's a lot of guys doing the whole I'm the sexiest man on the planet thing, but it doesn't seem to stick. And I'm not saying I'm the sexiest man on the planet. That's what I changed. I changed the whole concept of being Rick Rude. I just took the Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect persona, and I made it hip hop and cool. And that's what I'm doing. I'm taking it and making it newer and fresher. And I'm I'm gonna give my 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 dude. I'll say who I you know who I saw. I take the Bret Hart, the excellence of execution. I love the perfectionist. I like Mister Perfect. I like Rude. I like the arrogance. But you know you can't come out there and do that now because people are gonna be like, well, you got a mullet and a porn stash. That's been done, you know. But have you seen a bald head, bearded, tattooed guy say he's the you know? "Eh, That's different. It's kind of like wait a minute. Usually I would be the bad boy and I'd be the 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 guy who wears jeans and comes out in a t-shirt and you know i got chains on you know and i'm Ur. but no i'm like no you know i'm gonna take it this way because beards are in let's do it <laughs> <laughs> you, you forgot the pink part the pink oh yeah pink's just it's, it's just iconic man pink, pink is pink is iconic and it always will be you'll always you'll, you'll, you'll always see me in something pink and it's just something that that's bret hart that's cameron that's it's been my entire life. Always pink, pretty in pink. I mean, I watched that movie. I love that movie too, just because it had pink in the title. I will like, watch this.
0: Yeah, I've gotten over the. I was got over the whole like. I just can't wear pink. Twice up my heart and the Anvil Nightheart. I'm talking about the Wish yep. Heart Foundation with Jimmy Hart.
3: Yep. And see, I was I was already on that because I mean, you know Brett was always neon pink. He was always cool. He was always you know with the shades. But when Cameron the rapper came out, and he's you know it's a whole different type of culture and he's wearing pink furs and everything and he's still who he is he's still very arrogant he's very cocky he's still who he is it's like dude you are who you are you make what you wear you you do what you want like and nobody said you can't do something just because oh you wear pink you must be that. no that's not at all what it means it just means i know it looks good on me and i'm gonna wear it
0: yeah that's just some jealous assholes hating that's all oh
3: yeah always and that's what you I mean that's what you do it for though that's why you it's the same thing with chapstick. You know, you know, I put chapstick on before each match because, I mean, who does that? Uh, you know, Buffalo Bill and Jay and Silent Bob did it because uh, I'm just that guy who doesn't care what you think. And I'm going to put chapstick on because I don't like chap lips. And that's just what I'm going to do because I know it annoys the fuck out of you.
0: <laughs> You're a uh, wrestling merch. Don't you have a shirt that has chapstick on
3: it? Yes, I do. But I that's, like- also, that's also one of my – that was like my first store. I have another store that has way better shirts. I don't know why that store's still up. I had to figure that one out. Where, I like that shirt though. But
0: where can everyone find it, these your merch and find you on the web?
3: Uh, store Frontiers Shane Mako, uh, I think two store two is what it is. But there's two of them on there. So like the shirt I have on now, if you don't see this shirt on there, then it's the other one. So this is the shirt that I'll tell you. I got. I just created another one with a uh swipe life. So that's about to hit the that hit the store probably two weeks ago. I'm not really. Uh, I, I kind of wait to promote all my stuff together, but I create stuff all the time. So I'll be the first one. I always like to have it before the store drops it. So I'll drop it, and but I gotta be the first one to have it because I'm Shane Mako. I gotta be the first to have everything, and then I allow, you know, if 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 you if you want it, you can have it. But I'm the first one. I gotta get the first order. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first one wearing it. So it's a new thing to hit the streets.
0: One last thing before I let you go, May I please get a two sweet from the pickup artist.
3: Oh, there we go. Yeah, there too we go. sweet.
0: Too sweet. <laughs> when everyone says like, "Oh, you can't do that. That's copyright and WWE." I said, "Yeah, but if you say virtual distance, too sweet." No one thought of that.
3: There you go. And I mean, I, you always got to have your, uh, you know. I don't. They need to knock that off. That's just that's petty. That's petty.
0: I mean, like I said, with like I, when I started this podcast right then there. I was like, I don't care what people think. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah, you got to do, you You know, my thing is, is in wrestling, when you do something, as long as you give credit where credit's due, then there's nothing wrong with it. Because we all know, we look up to most of the people who did it. So for them to sit there and say, hey, we created this, you can't, it's, it's just kind of like crapping on the people who created it. Because, you know, the ones that are doing it, they know where they, they got it. They know who they respect. They know who they idolize. And it's like, they're not doing it because, oh, we're just taking this because we want... No, they they love the guys that they're doing it from. They would never, ever go to Shawn Michaels and be like, oh, crap to you and you're too sweet. Like, oh, we hated it. You know, no, no, no. They're doing it because they love Shawn Michaels. They love Triple H. They love the NWO and all that. They, man, those are iconic people. So it, it's anything and everything. And that's my thing is, is like I, I had somebody actually try to... they For a moment, they went after my gimmick and they called themselves the pickup artist like a thing and it kind of hit the internet pretty hard because he said it not knowing and i didn't know either i saw it and i was like hey what's this guy doing and you know i i've the pickup artist is me i'm the only one there is there's no other there's never been and there never has been another pickup artist in wrestling you can look it up but he did it and i mean i was about to say something and i mean his inbox and his comments got hit so hard no nope, only one pickup artist and i was just like well i don't have to say anything he knows he messed up and that's my thing is i wouldn't even be caring if you called yourself that but you need to be a pickup artist, not the pickup artist. There's a difference. You can be a pickup artist. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Have at it. You know, there's tons of them. There's millions of pickup artists out there. But I am the pickup artist. And that's the only difference.
0: What's wrong being, like, blessed by the godfather of pickup artists?
3: There you go.
2: That's, I mean,
3: and I have no – I have nothing. Like, if, if I see anybody, you know, if I see anybody living that swipe life, I'm all for it, man. You know, you know whatever. But I always remember – who started it? And I have no problem with it. I think that's all that matters. It's just the respect of things. If I do something, I tell you where I, I tell you where I got my, my, my motivation. I have no problem giving people the credit, but I mean, I just don't like the fact that some people out there really will try to steal something, and be like, "Oh no, 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 it was me." No, come on, I got footage eight years ago of me doing that. Knock it off.
0: Also, the powerful way the powers of Google and stuff like that. You're on your phone, going, like, "You sure you want to say that? You sure?" Yeah. You sure. Well, Google yeah. says you're wrong,
3: bitch. Yeah, exactly. That's why you gotta be careful, man. Like I, I make a point to always kind of timestamp everything I do. That's why. I, that's why I put the videos out there that I do because I want people to see it, and I don't mind if I see it anywhere. That's fine. But don't ever say you created it. Like, don't don't take my thing and then be like, oh, that was like no, everybody knows. it. you know, in wrestling, man, they'll be quick to come to your defense too. Like they they, they we take that serious. Like we know who did something, and oh, you know, but. It, as long as there's just a, a nice understanding of professionalism behind it, eh, nobody really gets butthurt about it. It's all about, you know, we all steal each other's stuff. We know that. We all just modify it, make it ours, or we do it better or whatever. But, you know, you always go up to the guy and you handshake him and, hey, man, I ain't going to lie to you. I saw you do this and I thought it was so cool. I started doing it. So, I mean, it's just what it is. And if, if it's ever been a problem, I'll stop doing it. But, you know, for the most part, no, everybody's like, man, no, man, go ahead and have that. That's cool as hell. Keep it. <laughs>
0: Well champ, I appreciate your time and you you keep on kicking ass and I what's next, President of the United States?
3: uh I'm gonna try and take over like i I had a goal I'm gonna take over Alabama first, so let's go ahead and just let's go ahead and go for a governor of Alabama. that's gonna be my first goal, and then we'll see about running with the rock and <laughs> see go. if I can't pull up pull off vice president to the rock. That'd be pretty cool.
0: well I'll definitely be voting for you guys. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your time, and stay safe out there, and we'll catch up sometime soon.
3: All right. Make sure you do that. You know, This is becoming like a norm. No, <laughs> always a pleasure.
2: Fun. It's always a pleasure talking to you. You too. Right, take care of yourself.
3: You too.